Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. Each week, one of us is going to choose a topic and create a top 10 based on that topic. The other host, The Catch, won't know that topic until the show begins. Then when we join each other on the show, the host who put together their top 10 will deliver that, and the other will offer his candid thoughts live on the show. After much debate and negotiation, the two hosts, that's us, must reach consensus on their definitive top 10. Don't forget, this is top 10 with an asterisk. That's where we come in. All right, let's get started, Mike. All right, Kyle. This week's topic is school lunch. Oh. We are going to talk about the top 10 school lunches. Now, before we dive into it, though, I think the most important ground rule we have to establish is this is going to include both brought to school lunches and calf lunches. So things that you packed and things you bought at the school cafeteria. Hot lunch and cold lunch. Or hot cold lunch, lunch and hot lunch. And cold order. lunch. Your mom made it. Your dad made it. Some weird lunch I made lady it. with really saggy underarms made it. Whatever. When did you start making your own lunch when you went to school, if ever? Uh, never. Nah, well, that's not true. I, you know what? I take that back. So I had lunch made for me until fifth grade. And then I brought my own lunch until 11th grade or like made my own or, or bought it at school. And then 11th grade rolled around and I played hockey. And so I was up uh, super early because I did not do my homework at night. I couldn't. I was too sleepy, uh, which I'm sure surprises you. So I would do my homework in the mornings. And in the mornings, my dad would make me um, lunch. So like I, I sort of as as my entire life went, I was like a little kid. And then I grew up and then I was a little kid again. So that was, that was sort of, that was sort of how I did that. What about you? I had my lunch made for me up until fourth grade. And okay. then. So around the same time. Yeah. And then my mom decided I was old enough to be doing that. And, uh, she was, she was right. And then, yeah, like I went for a long stretch. I think all, like I didn't, I didn't revert to my child, like, uh, lunch state like you did so I was all the way through high school and then as yeah. you know in college you just lean down that dining hall real hard for lunch all big time you know it's funny I think I was doing my own laundry for many years like before I actually started bringing my own lunch to school because I think it was probably around like third or fourth grade I uh, saw my sisters doing their laundry and my mom said you know Michael you're gonna do your laundry I was like no, I don't know how to do the laundry. And she's like, oh, that's so great. We're going to learn. Oh, isn't and, that the worst when you ever said, I can't, I don't know how to do that thing. And you yeah. thought it was going to be an excuse. Uh, yeah. So Felicia, my older sister, uh, is just a pro at saying that, but not putting her foot in her mouth. She says, I can't do that. And then somebody's like, oh, okay, I'll do it for you. Um, Which is odd because I'm the baby. So I'm supposed to be the one who gets that treatment, but I'm not. All right. Well, I've got a couple in mind. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do this one. What do you have? All right. So we're going to start with a couple of honorable mentions. So the first honorable mention is really more of a dishonorable mention because I got to put my flag in the ground. I hated this school lunch. It probably had more to do with the quality of this uh, rendition at my school, but I hated it. This one, our first dishonorable mention is the rib witch. <laughs> 
<laughs> the McRib. <laughs> yeah, was the rib witch ever a thing at your school? Um, it wasn't in grade school. There was like a there was a rib witch in high school that we would occasionally throw at each other, but not eat. Oh god! Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever ate. I've never had a McRib either. I've so never I had a experience with the rib sandwich. So I'm not sure if the McRib is done this way. I think it is, but at least the rib which is at my high school, it was like this gelatin that was pressed into the shape of a rib <laughs> and then just dunked into rib sauce. And I think I nibbled into one one time and I was being very careful to eat around the, the ribs. And then somebody's like, listen, you idiot. Those aren't ribs. It's just rib meat that's shaped like ribs. It's like, oh, that is just awful. So I I know this is not even close to my top 10. This is like my bottom one. I hated the rib witch, and I wanted to express how much I hated it. It bears mentioning. There's also a, a couple people out there that are really into those rib sandwiches, I feel like. Otherwise, McDonald's yeah. wouldn't have the McRib every now and again. They're capitalizing yeah. on those couple of people that love the, the rib sandwich in high school. So I'm glad we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think that the rib witch is one where people, a lot of people feel, you know, hey, yeah, I could take it or leave it. It, it's a pretty polarizing sandwich. All right. So my second honorable mention, um, once again, I'm sort of taking honorable mention in my own direction today. This one is honorable only to myself. I would normally include it in my top 10, but I know this isn't about my personal top 10. The mortadella and provolone sandwich on an onion bulky roll, which I had every damn day. For about a year and a half. Um, so for those of you who are not Italian out there, mortadella is this deli meat, which is like bologna, but Italian and much fattier. I think, and I'm not sure that mortadella means death by fat in Italian. <laughs> I might be making that up. Mort, okay. Death yes, by something. Mort, yes, and I ate that every day uh, for like two years. It was either that or my dad would make me this, um, this linguine with... Just like some, some onions that are sauteed in there, but he would make me so much that when he put it in to the Tupperware, it would be pressed into the shape of the top of the Tupperware. Uh, so, so those are really ones that carry fond memories for me, but have nothing to do with our listening audience, such as it is. <laughs> I, I have only had one experience with mortadella and it was in tandem with this really gross pizza sauce. We went to, we went to this fancy pizza oh. place and it was their signature pizza, the mortadella pizza. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. Mortadella, this place is legit, but the sauce was, this is our mistake. We shouldn't have ordered it. It was a, like a pistachio pesto sauce and it was awful. So that sounds terrible. <laughs> it was, surprise. It wasn't good. <laughs> That's yeah, mortadella, mortadella is not a is not a pizza topping because I think your average pizza topping has to either be sort of savory or salty or spicy. Mortadella is just bologna-y, which is not good for a pizza. No, I probably won't. We, I, this guy, we were waiting for the bus after, and we're holding this pizza box. He's he swings by on his bike. He's pretty disheveled. He's like, hey, man, do you have an extra slice? And we said, yes, take this whole pizza. <laughs> and he didn't take it. <laughs> it was that bad. Wow. Wow, he sampled the one piece and was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. He, 
he didn't even he didn't even t- he looked at it. We were like, just just so you're aware, this is pistachio sauce, and he's like, you know, I'll take my chances. So, oh, little PSA God. for any mortadella pizza you might come across. Wow. All right, so we're gonna jump into Let's our last this. honorable mention, uh, which I'm gonna group with the with number ten into the. It was really exciting when this was the food at school, but it really wasn't that good. So my my last honorable mention is the hot dog, hot dog day at school. <laughs> Everybody would get really excited about it, and you'd be like, "Yeah, hot dogs! I love hot dogs." When I go to the Red Sox game or whoever, I love a hot dog. Then you go to school. And it is this boiled to shit little piece of wiener meat. And it was awful. So, but it was so exciting. It was so exciting that I think it carries it to this spot because it carried you through your whole day. So yours were regular sized hot dogs because when we had hot dog day, it was foot long hot dog day. Really? Yeah. Was this in elementary school or was this in your all boys high school? This was, <laughs> this was elementary school. They did not serve okay. hot dogs at my all, uh, all male collegiate high school. <laughs> okay. Wisely, I would add. Yeah, that, that yeah. was probably uh, a smart move. So that I, was, I would, what would have been a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I feel like they tried it for like a week or one time and then never again after that, probably before I was there. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Like, I feel like there's a really serious distinction there. Like a foot long hot dog compared to a regular hot dog. That's two different school lunches for me. Cause, and sorry, did you say this was your last honorable mention or this is number yes. 10 for you? Okay. This is my last honorable mention. This would be number okay. 11. Okay. Got it. <laughs> you're right. And the foot long hot dog is too much. Like you're, you're maybe, maybe still enjoying it at eight inches. And then no. The, Maybe, <laughs> but you're excited to get a hot dog that's a foot long. Like that's exciting, no matter how many times you've been disappointed by it. Absolutely, and it's and it's the excitement that gets that to be number eleven. And as a side note for you, Kyle, probably not so much for our listeners, um, but I'm gonna have to send you some pictures of my grandfather's birthday. For now, like the fifth year in a row, he came to my dad's office, and my dad made him hot dogs for his birthday. And this year, my dad like some sort of demented five-year-old made a stick figure out of hot dogs and put it into a baked bean thing. So it actually has its arms out and it looks like a hot dog person bathing in a baked bean hot tub. (laughs) Um, So I'll send you those pictures later. (laughs) As soon as we're done with this, I want to get those. Yeah, Yeah, but, but more appropriate for our listeners. Number 10, the first one on my list is breakfast for lunch day. This falls also into that category of this was so exciting that the quality of the food never mattered. So at my school, we occasionally would do French toast sticks was one that would would come up. Yeah, It was wonderful. The French toast sticks were not great in terms of quality, but man, your whole day, it was like, we are going to have breakfast for lunch. And then after lunch, guess what? We just had breakfast for lunch. I don't remember ever really doing anything but French toast sticks. Like, I'm thinking of the breakfast staples. I don't remember ever doing scrambled eggs or sausage patties. I feel like those would be the the go-tos because they're easy. I just remember French toast sticks. I remember losing my mind over them. Now, are you remembering that as a breakfast that they served or as a breakfast for lunch that they served? I never, I don't think I ever ate breakfast in high school, like at the at the school cafeteria, 
don't think anyone yeah, neither they had I. it, but I remember eating them for lunch. And I don't the thing about the French toast stick though is it's not like they're bad French toast sticks because they are bad, but they're not a bad <laughs> they're not a bad version of it. That's just the only French toast stick that exists. Have you ever had a really, really good French toast that's stick? That's ex that's exactly yeah. right. I'm sure that there's some weird hipster restaurant that has deconstructed the French yeah. toast stick and it's super fruity and it's got like cumin in it and it's like uh you met like Drake and Josh when yes. uh when when Josh po or Drake poisons the dad with the cumin in the in the pancakes or whatever the hell the story was, but other than that, yes, through all that really rubbery yeah. sort of, like, and it's always French the same syrup, like the yes. the, the yeah, French you dip it in, yeah, the French toast stick that you get at like Burger King is the same French toast stick that you get at school. So for that reason, that's exciting. But you're right, pretty awful in terms of actual yeah. quality. All right, so we're moving into our next section. Numbers eight and nine both fall into the, it was great at school, but it was still better at home. So you could have this as a bring-in or as a as a cafeteria lunch. So number nine, mac and cheese. Mm. So you so you brought mac and cheese in, like, as a cold lunch? So I, ha I did bring mac and cheese in, like, twice. And it okay. was super weird because I was then one of those weird kids who used the microwave that was in the cafeteria. Yeah. Which was like the lunch attendants used those things and the really weird kids used those things. And then I, I guess maybe that revealed me as one of the really weird kids because I, I mean, did that, it like twice. I was going to say that kind of lines was, up with how I yeah, picture you as an elementary school student. So it, it fits, but this one I think is important because it was really great if you brought it from home. Better, really, because you could get the SpongeBob-shaped Kraft mac and cheese. But it was also really good from the cafeteria. It was different. It was those tiny little noodles that were kind of, like, weird and too sticky, but they were really good. I think it's it's cool that, like, I typically think of mac and cheese as a side dish. But at school, it is served in a heaping pile of main dish. Oh, yeah. And that's fantastic. And... I really like bad mac and cheese. I love going to a restaurant and getting good mac and cheese with jalapeno coins and shredded chicken mm. and all of that. Like, that's great. But I, like, Aunt Annie's, or what's it called? Is it called Aunt Annie's or Kraft? Like, I'll eat that. Yes, Annie's, oh. Kraft, yeah. I think we can agree that the best, of course, is the, like, the little ones that are Star Wars shapes because the cheese has so much, much more surface area to cling to. The little 3PO's and the R2D2's. Yeah. Those are Kyle, fantastic. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, I I just I I haven't had that and now I really want it. I haven't had Star Wars crap mac and cheese in a decade easily, but now I want yeah. it so bad and it sticks out because a I love Star Wars and b that was the best mac and cheese there was back then and probably still is. Probably I loved the Scooby Doo ones because I was such a Scooby Doo <laughs> guy. But I think what's really important that you get out there, and I think this is the fundamental reason that this falls into the it was better if you had it at home, but it was still really good at school is that the vessel actually changes the taste. So if you had all else equal, same cheese quality, same cooking quality, everything, and you put it on a tube, a little macaroni tube, or you put it onto a shape of your favorite character, it was better on the shape of your favorite character because it held the cheese better. Absolutely. And I would say, I kind of, not ironically, but counterintuitively, the elbow noodle, which you see most associated with mac and cheese, is probably on the lower end of noodles that I want on my mac and cheese, I would, I would put like, like the spiral. I definitely put above it. Um, oh yes. And, mm -hmm. but you're right. Like 
the spiral's really good for mac and cheese. Um, totally. But I feel like in school it was typically the elbow. Oh, always the elbow. Yeah. Well, so they had to use the same ones that they use for art class. So, like, yeah. you would make <laughs> the shapes in art class, and then after all the kids had touched it, they would then <laughs> scrape it off the board, and then they would boil it. <laughs> yeah. Good I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. All right, so moving on to number eight. This falls into that same category. Great at school, better at home, but still great at school. Chicken noodle soup. <laughs> um, I... I don't know if we ever had chicken noodle soup for school lunches at school. Really? But, but I do remember for like my entire second grade year, my, I had this really good thermos and I had a, I was, I was really into soup and I would get a bowl or a can of chicken noodle soup every single day for, I think close to an entire year. In this thermos, I got so excited about it. I remember one time specifically, I couldn't get the thermos open. I asked the lunch mom for help. She couldn't get it. They, like, no one could get this thing. And they had to call in Mr. Drosky, who was our, uh, <laughs> our physical, our physical education teacher. This guy was the man. He's Jack. He's wearing the sweatpants up to his He's, belly button, like his Mr. Shirt. T- like Coach Tugnut from, uh, Even Stevens. Exactly. And his shirt is like tight on his chest. As- and bam, he like pulls the thermos lid off and like the entire cafeteria cheered because at this point, like it had become, everyone was fascinated by it. Um, wow, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. I'm really glad that you brought up chicken noodle soup. <laughs> it's crazy that you're saying that because even when I added this to my list, I was thinking exclusively of like the school chicken noodle soup and then my purely at home chicken noodle soup. I totally forgot this is maybe why we're friends. The same thing happened with me. I went through like a year where I had a really good thermos. This is all flooding back to me because I totally forgot about it until right now. I also packed, it was always Progresso because uh, I love Progresso chicken noodle soup. You're always um, a Campbell's family, but I hear you. Fair enough. And I would pack that. I, t- I, Kyle, completely blew my mind, like slipped my mind. Now I'm remembering it. Yeah. Wow. I, I, man, this, these food ones are great because now I'm going to want to go eat all of these like in, yeah. in sequence. All right. So my next two fall into the category of equally great at home or at school. Important note, great for different reasons, but great at home or at school. Number seven, the sloppy Joe. <laughs> oh, man. I Looking back on it. It must have been so disgusting because, like, they probably didn't even spring for Manwich. Like, it was probably oh, it was God. it was probably the wrong below Manwich, which isn't like hard. What is that? Is it Hor? Is it Hormel or is Hormel higher than Manwich? I I would say Hormel is probably above. Well, I don't I don't know. See, I I feel like Sloppy Joes at school were just an amalgam of all of the other like leftover chicken nuggets uh. and like I'm in retrospect now, now that like you forced me to think about it, I am confident that sloppy Joe's were, were just leftover meats like bathed in some, some mystery sauce. Um, oh God. But I like, I'm not, you know me, I'm not very particular about what I eat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, doesn't even saying that now doesn't really turn me off of it. Like I still remember it being good, and I still will eat manwich 
without reservation whatsoever. No, there's no need to get snooty about uh, about our our sloppy jokes. But this is all your your image there of them just chucking a bunch of stuff in the vat is now making me look back on all of these foods and think of Frank Costanza uh, and the episode where he's having his PTSD flashback on Seinfeld of over seasoning the spoiled meat for his platoon in Korea and making them all sick as they all throw up in slow motion. I imagine that somebody like a Frank Costanza would then go on to become uh, a school cafeteria chef and just like dump as healthy a portion of oregano and salt as he could into just like some horse meat slash chicken nuggets slash French toast sticks and just grind it all up. But man, whatever came out the other end, it was delicious. Sloppy Joes were great. I, I I love them to this day. I like that yeah. they've become a little like a lot. I feel like a lot of these foods are making a comeback now that all of us, like this age of people, are getting to the point where we can go to restaurants and order something that's nice. Like you Absolutely. can you can get a nice sloppy Joe. Yeah. Um, next time you come, like I have to take you to the sloppy goat, or um, it's called the Ooh. little goat diner. And they've got a sloppy goat, which is like a goat meat sloppy joe. Oh my lord. That sounds wonderful. It's really good. Uh for anyone who's in the Chicago area. Um Yeah, I I love it. I've had I've I've eaten several sloppy joes in the last year, uh at, at nicer restaurants. Wow. But it has not taken away my appreciation for the school cafeteria sloppy joe either. Good good one here well it's funny you've actually segued me perfectly into our next one because the next one is one that let's take from let's take a quick yeah. break and just recap so that people know where we're at so number 10 we have breakfast for lunch number nine mac and cheese number eight chicken noodle number seven sloppy joe moving on to number six yeah so number six is just like you were saying about the the sloppy joe appearing in some higher brow restaurants now that we of our generation have a little bit of buying power this next one from very humble beginnings can be delicious in its lowest form or it can be really taken to some pretty ridiculous extremes and cost you 30 bucks at a restaurant just like the sloppy joe great at home and great at school number six is the classic the grilled cheese oh my god And I know that you are particularly fond of the grilled cheese and t- tomato soup combo. You do, Mike. Just quick story. In college, our stupid <laughs> dining hall. I shouldn't say stupid because it was amazing most of the time. Yeah. They had this. I don't know. I don't know who was in charge of this. Like who was trying to screw with us because it had to be intentional. Every time they had grilled cheese, which was like once a week, maybe they never yeah. had tomato soup. I would say, and then, but there was tomato soup like on every other day of the week because <laughs> there were six, there were six soups a day. That's like serving. I, I just had this conversation the other day with somebody because I went to a soup restaurant and they didn't have a half soup, half sandwich combo, which is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, that's and this is unfathomable. Kind of, this is kind of the same thing. Like, how can you possibly serve a grilled cheese without tomato soup? It doesn't make any sense but it made the days that they like like every six weeks when the stars aligned and they you know yeah that made made that day all the better for it um i think probably your intention here by putting grilled cheese at six was to hope that like even if i push to get it much higher like i can't you're, you're 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 just hedging your bets and hoping that it ends up somewhere like three to two knowing that i was gonna lobby hard for it like maybe even number one i don't know 
Listen, no lobbies. You'll be surprised. There's more really good foods up there. Uh, this is, there's no game here. Okay. It felt like a good thematic fit with the Sloppy Joe and the grilled cheese, I think is, a, is great at six, but it, it could be a little higher. It could be a little I, lower even. I, um, all right. Well, I, I'm, I'm really excited for the top five because man, I, you know me, I love the grilled cheese. Yeah. I know you do. All right. We're moving into our top five. Now, number five is a bit of a catch-all. Number five is a bit of a catch-all. This one especially goes for a really odd kid like me, and I'm guessing like you. And this especially goes for the kids of, uh, for those of you out there who are like first-generation children of immigrants. Um, my grandfather talks very fondly about his school lunches when he started bringing coffee, like a thermos of coffee to school at seven years old. Um, so number five is leftovers. <sighs> That's interesting. Um, I know it's a little bit of a hot take, but I think leftovers, I know maybe a little bit of a cheaty one because it can be a catch-all, but I think it's fair to call it its own thing because of the social stigma attached to it in uh, <laughs> elementary and middle school. Like Putting leftovers as your lunch was such a statement. It was such a huge statement that I think it deserves to stand on its own as its own thing. I would tend because you're right. Like someone rolls in and there's always like the, the unveiling of your lunch every day at lunch is a big <laughs> oh, deal. Oh, huge. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're like, what did Kyle bring? And I open my bag up and like kind of abashedly, like you see the Tupperware and you're like, Kyle's yeah. got leftovers. Kyle's yeah. got leftovers. Let's move on. Who's, who's buying today? Let's see what's, and like as soon as you bring the leftover, even I guess you, if it's leftover, we should do a, at some point, we should probably do a top ten leftovers. Um, but that would be kind of fun. <laughs> if you bring like, if, but like, but you can, you, you know, you can subvert it if it's like, oh, it's Tupperware. But then, bam, I've got leftover pizza. All of a sudden, I'm back in the conversation. Yeah, that's um, true. You could be sort of a sleeper there. Yeah, but yeah, coming from someone who ate a lot of leftovers uh, yeah. for school lunches, I think this is a good one. I think you're right. The fact that <laughs> like it doesn't. Besides pizza, probably. Like, it doesn't really matter what the food is. Like, it's just leftovers. I think it's Absolutely. fair to call it. I think it's fair to call it one meal because, like, <laughs> yeah, they, even if they are totally different things, they're all, they taste the same to a kid who had to bring, you know, leftovers to lunch. Absolutely. It tasted like shame. It, it could have been a perfectly balanced meal of, like, protein and greens and very healthy and, it could have shown that your parents cared more about you than other parents. <laughs> yeah. And it still carried a great stigma and tasted terrible because you tried to wolf it down so quickly. You're like, God, just get this off my plate. Like, even, but I too was a, was a huge leftovers kid. Yeah. And it's funny how like you could have the worst sandwich, like two, like you could have the two ascents of the bread and like <laughs> half a slice of cheese. And like, like just the last two, <laughs> two slices of ham, you know? And just and that little, that long... little chunky piece of mustard. Oh, yeah. It didn't quite get spread right. And like, yeah. you've got apples that like were out a little bit and they're browning. And you have like standard glazed potato chips. But as long as it was prepared that morning, yeah. it's superior than your leftovers. Absolutely. Superior than leftovers. As long as it's not pizza. 
Anyways, yeah. <laughs> great but, but in retrospect, a really nutritious and wonderful thing to provide your children for school. And, <laughs> yeah, and thanks, if you were one mom. of those rare children confident enough to, to kind of get through the, the social stigma, wonderful. <laughs> All right, so number four, we're moving into a territory that I was not allowed to move into. I think that might even give away what it's going to be. Because I was never allowed to have these as kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> number four, I was always jealous of the kids with the really weird little crackers that were somehow a pizza. I don't get it. Um, at any rate, Lunchables yeah. is number four. I, I knew this was going to be high on the list. Well, and, and I think it bears specifying like the type. I mean, we, it, it makes sense to have it on here as one, but the range of Lunchables is so high because you're right. Like the, the weird, like cracker sandwiches were, oh my God, they were so disgusting. Like the little perfectly circular, like ham, like ham, oh. the ham discs and like, oh. <laughs> like a ham How it disc. got that shape. And <laughs> it's like the ham disc cracker. Um, and then like a small piece of cheese and you'd eat like six of those. And they came like the, the lunch. I love the little, the plastic because the circles were just big enough to like to fit the ham discs in it. So to like get the ham mm-hmm. out, you'd have to like stick your finger in there and like fart it out. <laughs> and <laughs> so like that, you'd have ham embedded under your nails yeah. for days, <laughs> but it was still awesome because it's a lunchable. But so like that's on the bottom end of the lunchable spectrum, but the pizza lunch, I would eat one of those tomorrow for lunch because they had those weird dough things that were like some mix of. They weren't like they weren't crispy, but they weren't super soft either. They were like pita bread almost. It was a- it was like astronaut dough. Yeah, and like you had the little red stick that you would spread the sauce on it and then sprinkle. It. They usually gave you cheddar and um, mozzarella cheeses, and then like weird pepperoni discs, which was less weird because it's pepperoni. Probably the same meat as the as the ham disc. Um, and then you could even get one, and then, uh, wasn't there like little chocolate? Like they would give you chocolate spread too, so you could make yeah. one of the pizzas like a chocolate pizza. So would you then cook it? I, I see, like I no. said, I didn't have it. No. See, that's what I never understood. <laughs> that was part of my confusion. I would see people doing this. I was like, that's just stupid. That's not pizza. No. That's a cracker with some weird red shit on it and like a, a disc of pepperoni. Yeah, I guess you had to be there. Um, loser. <laughs> so <laughs> I was there just sitting you, have you and never had and wanted to be a part of it. Never. I've never had a Lunchable. Not even like at a friend's house? Lunchables. No, never. Oh, man. You should get one. Cause the, I don't get the ham discs, but the pizza one is worth having as an adult just God. once. Like you would still enjoy it. Like the process of making your own little pizza. And I think you got three. I think you got three of the little, the little. Yeah, dose. that sounds right. And you're right. You don't cook it, but like I actually remember specifically enjoying those cold. Like those, those were fantastic. I've loved those pizza lunchables. Probably paired perfectly with the Dunkaroos that I also didn't eat. Dunkaroos? What are those? Do you remember Dunkaroos? Oh my god. It was this, uh, it was this, uh, lunchtime snack that would have these little, I think it was like graham crackery type things, um, that you would dip into this little pool of chocolate and the oh. mascot on it was the kangaroo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, to, I mean, I never, it's not like I was going to school with a Lunchable every day. I maybe ate like 10 in my whole life, but man, yeah. like those were pretty memorable experiences. Yeah. I think that the Lunchable is really the perfect foil to the leftover because it's one of those things where as a kid, you thought it was telling you that your parents loved you, 
but really it was telling you that they didn't. Yeah. Whereas leftovers were the precise opposite um, and sort of the shame slash pride that you felt at the time has equally been superseded now by the pride slash shame that you feel in, in that meal. Wow. Very succinctly and expertly put, Mike, that is, they are on the opposite end of the food spectrum in terms of yeah. your social standing and nutritional. Oh, absolutely. Progress. Well, Amazing. thank you, my friend. Yeah. I, I like to, I like to think that I put a little bit of thought into it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so six through four, we just, just did, that was grilled cheese, leftovers, and then Lunchables. So why don't you, Kyle, take us back from 10 to four? Yeah. Okay. So. So 10 then was breakfast for lunch, 9 was mac and cheese, 8 chicken noodle soup, 7 sloppy joe, 6 grilled cheese, 5 leftovers, and then 4 lunchables. Alright, so now we're moving into our top 3. Number 3 is a classic. Came in many forms, some a little longer than others, some a little squatter, some a little breadier, some a little spicier but all delicious. Number three is the chicken nugget. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that this is three or higher. I The chicken nugget is the quintessential, like, hot lunch food. Like, I don't Absolutely. know about, I don't know about you, but like, I was on, I ate hot lunch maybe like once every two weeks in elementary school, probably. And that sounds about right. And, we had like a calendar. I remember like we would put the calendar yes! like, on our fridge mm-hmm. and we, and we would literally highlight a few squares and like throughout the month you like, you go through and you look and the ones that we highlighted were chicken nugget day. And mm-hmm. we'll get, I'm sure we'll get to this later. So I won't mention it, but um yeah, but yes, yeah, we, we will. Yeah. Chicken. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chicken nuggets were one of the things you look forward to. Like, yep, that's at the end of the month. Like, I can look forward to Chicken Nugget Day. I think the great thing about the Chicken Nugget is, uh, you alluded to it earlier, is, like, the the ridiculous, like, variety of shapes they come in. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) like, ours ours were always just kind of, like, nuggets, like your standard nuggets. But I know that some people get, like, the dinosaur nuggets. Oh, yeah. Um, And I know... Ali just shared this story with me several times that like at the end of their month, they would, or at the end of their year, like they would get chicken nuggets in different shapes every time. So it would be like chicken dinosaurs and then like chicken fish and then like chicken, whatever, whatever. Chicken fish? Like fish shaped chicken. Oh no. Yeah. Just like different, whatever, different shapes. And then at the end of the year, it would literally just be called chicken shapes and so you knew it was just like an amalgam of all the different shapes that they'd had throughout the years so you would eat like wow. a brontosaurus chicken nugget and then a regular chicken nugget and then like aka a it was the leftovers from the entire year yeah like they like they scraped out the freezer and they're like oh oh man yeah. we still we still have stars in here from you know oh. from february like what do we we can't call them chicken nuggets because some of them are shapes and so we'll just call them chicken shapes and like that umbrella should oh, cover all of them. <laughs> that is brutal. Also for our listeners, Allegis is uh Kyle's fiance yeah, slash so. good friend of the show. <laughs> um Oh god, that is so upsetting. <laughs> but oh, so good. God. Like I that's great. But the thing is like you that and you know, chicken nuggets are really high on this list. Even if you see that, and as a kid, you don't register it, but as a parent, you see that and you're like, okay. And you allow it because your kids love the chicken nuggets so much. And yeah, now I think, 
I think you know this already, but my chicken nugget uh, history uh, is kind of checkered. So I love chicken nuggets and ate them a lot from McDonald's as a kid. Uh, also greatly appreciated them in the school cafeteria. But I did have a bit of an incident. I think it was sixth grade, maybe seventh. I think it was sixth grade. I choked on a chicken nugget. Oh, no. Um, Oh, yeah. And it was not like I kind of choked. It was like I really was choking and in danger of dying. Okay. Um, so in sixth grade, I was a, I was a pretty large kid. So I, I don't know how tall I was. I was north of five feet. I I was like a taller kid and, and I was still pretty skinny at the time. But at any rate, I was, I don't know. Let's call me five, two hundred and ten pounds is a good guess. Um, so I'm choking on this chicken nugget and I'm like turning purple. This is a problem. We're running into a problem quickly. And I'm starting to panic. I'm freaking out. I start signaling. My friend Tyler Finnegan, lifesaver, um, alerts one of the lunchroom attendants, Miss Gannon, that I am having a bit of an issue. So Miss Gannon, uh, just as an image, is is quite short. Um, she's a little bit round. And she was legendary for <laughs> eating eating people's lunches after they had discarded them. Oh. So, like, people would... Um, oh, God, this would isn't have going them, where I think it is, is it? No, no, no. So okay. people, she wasn't like a baby bird situation. <laughs> um, but people would be done with their food and she would come to collect it and then like take a couple of chips out of the bag or something like that. Um, okay. That's, so, right. so occasionally it got a little weirder than that. But, okay. but as an image, she's, she's the, my rescuer. So she comes over and she just starts beating the shit out of me. So she's just punching my back, like without any method, just punching my back and nothing is happening except great distress being caused because <laughs> I'm getting closer to death. Like I, I'm, you know, this is an issue and this lady is just beating me up. <laughs> and so finally overstrides Miss Whitney, the guidance counselor who is four foot 10 and like 90 pounds. So even at my sixth grade size, I'm much larger than her. She comes over, she pushes Miss Gann out of the way. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> comes over grabs me, puts me into the Heimlich maneuver and just starts chucking my ass around like a rag doll. I'm like bouncing up in the air and uh she saved my life and it really was just like in the movies. All of a sudden it was like a mortar blast. You're thunk and this chicken nugget just shot out and, and arced like six feet into a trash can. No. Um Oh really? No, it really happened. Yes. It, it was I mean I was positioned near the trash can intentionally, but yeah, it really worked. <laughs> and uh she saved my ass. And then I got out of school the rest of the day. I went to the doctor to make well, sure I didn't traumatic. break any ribs or anything. It was a little traumatic. Um I'm laughing now, but, but that, that's kind of scary, Mike. It's kind of amazing. Not really, because chicken nuggets are amazing. How yeah. long was your how long was your break then before you ate chicken? You not at all. You like finished the remaining. No, it, it was a matter of it was school. a matter of months. No, it was I probably found something else to eat. I probably scammed my mom into getting me some uh, bagels on the way because we had the bagel shop near us that I loved. Um, but no, it was a matter of months. It wasn't like a matter of days or weeks. It was a while. Um, but I think the real issue was, and I think this gets back to the larger commentary on chicken nuggets. They were really chewy, <laughs> like like really chewy, like just and they just were ground up bones in that one. Yeah, basically, and yeah. they were still delicious. Like <laughs> these might have been the discarded rib, which is were then re reconstituted into chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's like was so chewy, but man, it was good. And so I did come back. I did come back eventually. I'm glad you're back on that train because yeah, you know, it's chicken nuggets, but. 
Exactly. <laughs> and I share that, I share that anecdote both to steal the spotlight and because I think it's, it's, uh, sort of illuminating in the conversation of why chicken nuggets are so special. But that takes us to number two. Number two is one that I think you've already sniffed out and one of the great days in any elementary or middle school child's life. For us, I think it was every Friday. It might have been every other Friday. Um, number two is a classic pizza day. Okay. So ours was on Wednesdays, but where, like, where was your pizza from? So that's a, that's an interesting question. For elementary school, it was from Domino's. Okay. And I grew up as a Papa Gino's family. So you know, obviously, that my dad makes our pizza and does so every Friday night. And it's like really gourmet, good pizza. Uh, but that only started probably 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that. But growing up, we were a Papa Gino's family. So Domino's was, was actually a treat for me. Domino's is absolute poop pizza. But because it was so different, I loved it. And then out, and then middle school was some local pizza place and it was, it wasn't great. So I didn't get it as much in, in middle school, but elementary school, mm, that and a little, one of those little hood chocolate milks. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we, for the, so for everyone who doesn't know, which is probably everybody, uh, I grew up in the, the uh, suburban Detroit area. And so it'll come as no surprise to you that ours was, <laughs> was Little Caesars every Wednesday. Which, Thanks, Mike Illich. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Rip Mike. Um, yeah, I, at the time, I still loved Little Caesars pizza. I've, I've now come to, to hate it with almost every fiber of my being, except for the fact that it funds my favorite baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> their constant overspending is funded by that shit pizza thanks but, Prince uh, you know what you know time, what I just realized I still... Little Caesars both paid for and created Prince Fielder literally like fueled yeah. him as a youth and then fueled his contract as an adult playing the yeah. Detroit Tigers um <laughs> that is why hot and ready pizzas are now six dollars <laughs> 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 Gotta pay for Prince Fielder's like eight home runs. Oh, he's allowed to pay for Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Not even playing for the Rangers anymore. <laughs> no. But anyways. No. Anyways. Um <laughs> rest in peace <laughs> Tigers also. <laughs> uh, yeah, I Pizza Day, like that was the other day on obviously on the calendar that you highlight. Um it was always two slices and the milk. And that's like, a great that question. Was... I wanted to ask you about that, actually. You bring up the two slices. So for us in elementary school, it was, I think the price was $2 for a slice of pizza. But then if you wanted a second, it was $3 total. And that was like a real luxury for me. So growing up, uh, my parents didn't really have me buy lunch a lot because we didn't really have any money. So I wasn't really allowed to buy lunch, but I would get the pizza. And that was a luxury I was very much allowed was to have the second slice for the total of three bucks. It was like a big thing for me. I, hey, man, second slice of pizza is huge even now. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's pizza. And as a kid, it's even more of a big deal. Um, I think you could get, I mean, you could get a slice, but I don't remember ever eating any number of slices besides two. <laughs> and I don't ever remember not being just over the moon on Wednesdays before lunch because you're eating pizza for yeah. lunch. So, yeah. I'm, I'd love to hear what number one is now. So, number one 
I tended to be a from home guy on this one, but the from school ones were pretty popular. Now this, it might be a little controversial because the taste is never going to match that of pizza, but it's versatile. It's classic. Everybody loves it. Yeah. It's peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, obviously. Um, this is, this is the, I mean, how, how could it be anything but peanut butter and jelly? And like, regardless, and that's what's so cool is like the variety of the peanut butter and jelly. Like the two ingredients are the same. They're peanut butter and they're jelly. Mm-hmm. Always those are, you know, the two, the two ingredients there, but you can go with a really disgusting variety of, of jams and jellies and mm-hmm. you can go with creamy peanut butter. You can go with crunchy peanut butter. You can go with extra crunchy yep. peanut butter. Like there are a lot of different ways to make. And then like, and on top of that, there are a lot of different, there's a lot of debate about how you cut the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm always, a Oh, corner. it's huge. I'm always a corner to corner guy. Um, you there's know, like, crust or no crust. You can go crust or cru- no crust. You can, and like, and Smuckers, you know, capitalized on that. They've, they've got the whole Uncrustables, which I think are- They have the Smuckers with the Uncrustables. <laughs> which are gross, but like, it, it yeah. speaks to the popularity of the peanut butter and jelly. And even now, like, the peanut butter and jelly is the perfect snack. And you can oh, eat yeah. three of them for lunch and be, and be just happy, just a-okay with that. Like, I have a coworker, yeah. um, who just had like a jar of jelly and a jar of peanut butter and then a loaf of bread like hidden somewhere around his desk. And so like just for snacks randomly, he would pull them out or like if he didn't feel like going to get lunch that day, he would just eat like four of them and that was lunch. Yeah. And so like I don't often make them anymore, but like for the two years that I worked with this guy, I would have a peanut butter and jelly fairly often and always enjoyed that immensely. So, well, just, just, because I'm curious, like, what's your what's your wombo combo? Like, what's your ideal jelly peanut butter combination? That's a good question. I so I actually this is a confession in middle slash high school. I got super into not peanut butter and jelly, but peanut, peanut butter and fluff. fluff. Yeah. Um, and I actually I had this um this guidance counselor who I found quite alluring. Um, <laughs> she was a Chicago Bears fan and went to Villanova and used to just really like bully me about what schools I could get into for college. <laughs> and it really worked for me. Uh, she was really cute. Uh, but she would come around at lunch and just like walk around and be like, Oh, it's interesting what you have for lunch today. And she used to really mock me about the fluff and, and like mess with me that it was just had no nutritional value. And I was like, I was like, damn, are we flirting right now about my fluff? And it really, um, it was like a big thing for me. So I kept doing the fluff because, uh, this unnamed guidance counselor and I had like a little back and forth, which I interpreted as flirting, which I am very much guessing was not flirting. No. Um, <laughs> but, but back to, back to your original question, my wombo combo would be Jif creamy, uh, Although I do love, I do love crunchy, but the Jif creamy and my go-to jelly would actually, would actually be more like a Trappist monk jam. I loved the jam. Um, I like the little seeds. Yeah. I, I could, I could also yeah, do, if, sure. if, if forced, I could go with the Smucker's raspberry, but I really, really liked the Trappist monk, uh, raspberry jam. Yeah. I, it has to be a raspberry jam for me because I like the little raspberry seeds that kind of get caught yeah. in your teeth. And I mm. love the taste of raspberries, obviously. Um, yep. I'm, I've always been an extra crunchy peanut butter guy, but like you could give me a peanut butter and jelly with 
apricot jelly and, and smooth peanut butter and I'm still going to enjoy it. Yeah. So. You can even throw you can even throw bananas in there. There's a lot of stuff. My grandfather was super into the grape. He loved the grape jam. Um there's a lot to be done. Here's my question. You just mentioned the extra crunchy peanut butter. Is there such thing as crunchy peanut butter because I've never seen it labeled as such. There's only creamy and then extra crunchy. No, there's there's crunchy. Yeah. Not in Jif. Jif does not sell a crunchy. They only sell a smooth and then an extra crunchy. By definition, that doesn't make any sense. Like unless I I know it's one of the by, mysteries of the universe. By extra crunchy, you mean like crunchy at all? I I've definitely had both because like when you get cr- extra crunchy peanut butter, it's like like uh it's kind of like a it's almost like a payday. Like the peanut butter is just there to kind of like hold <laughs> the peanuts together. Whereas it's crunchy, crunchy peanut, peanut butter is, at that you know, point is more of like a yeah, it, I don't know. I haven't purchased peanut butter in a while. I'm gonna have to check this out when I go to Jewel next. Yeah, do a little, do a little snooping, especially in the GIF section, because that's that's the uh, my family's go to. And far as I know, I've done a little looking. There's nothing but creamier there than extra crunchy. Wow, that would blow my mind. I'm gonna. That's high on my list of things to do now. Like over, yeah, all the other things I was gonna do tonight. Absolutely. But, but I think the last thing I want to say about the peanut butter and jelly too is that like a few of the other ones we've mentioned, this one has really aged well because there's so many things that a peanut butter and jelly can be now. I think for the progression for, for me for school was like when you're a little kid, it's just, you know, it's just the go-to snack. It's, it's perfect. And then in high school, a lot of the football players started eating them to gain weight. Um, they would just like mow down these peanut butter and jellies. And then in like after college, now where we are, a lot of people have started to get really healthy and into organic food. So they do like an almond butter and then they do some, you know, weird chia seed. Jam. Yeah. And if you go to a like an annoying, not always annoying, but if you go to any kind of craft burger place, you're going to yeah. find a burger that has some kind of peanut butter and jelly combo exactly. on it, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, for what, every once in a while, but like the fact that, like when you do that, you're trying to capture uh, exactly the, the nostalgia of someone eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, like the flavor itself is great, obviously, but like not really on a burger. Like when you do that, you're trying to recapture the school the school lunch feel of peanut butter exactly. and jelly. And for that reason, it has it has to be number one on this list. There will be no debate. It there. does. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, for me, just for my favorite grown up version, um, of peanut butter and jelly, I'd like to ask yours too. But my favorite grown up version of peanut butter and jelly is in the George Foreman grill. So my dad introduced me to this is you've got to really underdo the peanut butter because otherwise it'll, it'll melt like crazy. But you yeah. put a little bit of peanut butter and then fluff especially. And then you George Foreman press it in the George Foreman grill. Incredible. Very sophisticated, very grown up. Uh, but damn, that's good. I'm gonna have to give that a try. I've never done that. Yeah. Now, do you have any grown up ones other than like the uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff uh sort of sploosh combo that he made his? I like I said, I haven't. Nice reference. Um, I haven't made a peanut butter and jelly in a while, and when I do, it's just the basics. Um, okay. They're like the, This is we talked about it a little bit earlier. Like the the fact that. Well, this is more timeless than just our generation, but like the craft school lunch thing, like this is one that really falls into that category. There are some really nice restaurants in Chicago 
like hundred dollar a plate type places where they do peanut butter and jelly themed stuff and get really creative yeah. with it. Um, so versatile. I oh yeah. yeah, like I said, all I've done with it is kind of the classic. No shame. There's no shame in that. All right, so I'm going to walk us through our top 10 as it stands right now before Kyle gets to his tinkering. So number 10, breakfast for lunch. Number 9, mac and cheese. Number 8, chicken noodle soup. Number 7, sloppy joe. Number 6, grilled cheese. Number 5, leftovers. Number 4, lunchables. And then our top 3. Number 3, chicken nuggets. Number 2, pizza. And number 1, the classic peanut butter and jelly. So that's where we stand right now. Kyle, anything stand out to you that you think needs to immediately come off that list, be added on or moved around? Okay, so one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, at least for me in middle school and high school, we had Bosco sticks. Did you ever have those? No. What the hell is a Bosco stick? I, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, a This Bosco feels like you when like, you said it, Coney Island to me the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is as... Is, regional as the coney the coney dog is so the bosco stick is it's just it's basically a breadstick that's just like stuffed with cheese you have it like something like that and they came in like this white paper bag uh they were like a foot long maybe and you get two of them in a bag and on the front there's like a guy with a red like bosco stick cap on never do you have wait you got two foot they long were like they were like sticks? like maybe not a foot maybe like nine like nine inches and you got two of them in a bag. Well, well, the, I, I'm that I, I know the listeners can't see you gesturing, but that looked like a foot and a half no, at least no, in no, my no. eyes. It's that's the distortion. Um, it's oh no, that's it was a joke. It was a it was oh, a penis joke. Oh, that's okay. Continue. Right. Thanks, Mike. Um, no, these these things are like nine inches long. You get two of them in a bag for like two fifty or something like that, and they're usually served with like marinara or mm-hmm. like we would always eat them with barbecue sauce. Um. They have okay. like these, right, I'm familiar these things, with the concept. These things, like we would, like they would literally be served as an entree at my school, um, and then in high school mm-hmm. you would just buy them like as snacks. And in high school they took on particular significance because our friend group and I think a lot of other guys would use them as like wagering, like so like you would and we would call them victory sticks. So like you would. Like, you would bet, <laughs> I remember, like, the, the greatest pair of victory sticks I ever won was from Scott Thierbacker when he bet me. So I so everyone got all the com- calculated games from the same kid, and so all the scores, the high scores, are the same. And I beat the fall-down record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was feeling good. I bet I could beat, I, I bet I could beat my own record. And Scott was like, you fuck, you can't beat your own fucking record. I'll bet you, I'll put victory sticks on it. And it took me a whole it took me a whole semester of Mr. Yu's World Religions class of playing Fall Down, but I finally beat it. And then the and then like for at least at least for us the rule was once you had to buy the guy the victory sticks, and then you had to watch him eat them. So like that like they have a very high significance for me, obviously in my in my lunch echelon. Wow. Um, I have I have two questions uh, off of this little anecdote you've got here. First of all, is fall down like a fast tunnel? Is that is that well, kind of just equivalent? Like, it's just there's a ball that's falling down, and you have to move the ball left and right to slide through like the gaps in the like the platforms. Basically, it's a ball okay. that's falling down. So, fall down. Okay, so it's somewhat similar to fast tunnel. And then my other question is, I was under the I was under the impression that. The only currency uh, at your high school, uh, at least in wagering, was blowjobs. Oh yeah, I mean that—that's <laughs> when if you really need or need a favor, I'll give you, a, you know. Um, 
<laughs> those and to be clear to be clear as far as uh, i understand um there was no actual uh, bartering of human flesh at kyle's high school it was it was just a matter of speaking no that's that is a joke um but a very funny one i think the what we actually what we actually <laughs> do too you can tell by my giggling i think it's pretty funny we actually wagered uh the bosco sticks otherwise known as victory sticks so um okay there I, I, that's a staple for me like that's got to be on this list i think there are i've had this conversation with other people like, other people know what they are i don't think that was just a, a michigan thing um i would put that pretty high on this list i would insert it in there pretty high I'm very amenable to adding sort of uh, like a broader mozzarella stick sort of category here because I'm very familiar with this. This was often like the, I think, the lunch people are like, oh shit, we don't have anything for this Thursday. Uh, What can we fill in here? Yeah, I think it was often on Thursdays now that you say that. Um, And people lost their minds over them. Like people love Bosco sticks. I, I would put that as high as like in the top five. Like I, like they were that big of a deal. Interesting. All right. Do you, now, do you, is there anything that you, you kind of are targeting as like, ah, you know, this just doesn't really feel right on this list? For me, for me, so this list is school lunches, yes? So for yes. me, mac and cheese is one of the very best lunches a man can have, or a child for that matter. Uh, but I don't remember ever eating it at school. And mm-hmm. I don't ever really remember bringing it in unless it was leftovers. So that would again all, go in our leftovers category. I like mac and cheese is one of the best things a man can eat, but I don't know if I would put it on like this list just because, like for me personally, I didn't eat it for lunch all that often at school. Interesting. I I think that um, I think I, I'm I'm open to that because I think that. While I think mac and cheese at school was great, the delta between mac and cheese at school and mac and cheese at home is still pretty significant. So it it is you're right. I think it's a better lunch than it is a school. Yeah. Lunch. So I would I would take mac and cheese out. Insert insert mozzarella sticks. Not at nine. I would put mozzarella sticks at um like five. Ooh, you're gonna jump grilled no, cheese. I'm no. I'm I putting just, grilled cheese yeah. up to four. I don't think grilled cheese belongs anywhere less than four. I'm not going to disagree with the top three. Peanut butter and jelly pizza and chicken nuggets, I think, are exactly where they belong. I slide grilled cheese up to four because, God, I just, grilled cheese is so amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. Lunchables were just too much of a rarity to be that high for me and also just not like that great except for the pizza one. Still put it over leftovers, Mm -hmm. though. I think you slide... I think you slide Lunchables and Leftovers down to 6-7. Or no. Mm-hmm. Bumping Sloppy Joe's tough. I think our top five go peanut butter and jelly, pizza, chicken nuggets, grilled cheese, and then mozzarella sticks. I gotta tell you, I don't think, I, I don't think I'm willing to have the mozzarella sticks jump to really? Sloppy Joe. I'm willing, I, I would be willing to put the mozzarella sticks just below the Sloppy Joe. Uh, but I, for me, the mozzarella stick was more of a like a one-off. If it's there, it's good. If it's not, it's not. But the sloppy Joe to me was a thing. It has it's like a cultural icon. I, I've the sloppy Joes in It Takes Two, the classic <laughs> Steve Gutenberg and Olsen twins and Kirstie Alley vehicle. 
Like the, the sloppy Joe is a big part of that movie. And it's a big part of like the cultural consciousness of this era. Um, I think it's, I think it's important that the sloppy Joe get its due here. And I think the mozzarella stick. Okay. And I think I might be assigning a little bit too much. I think it deserves, I think it deserves a spot here. Yeah. I think it deserves a spot here, but I, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's dis, it's a distinct second tier. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And I think maybe I'm assigning a little bit too much sentimental value to the, the Bosco stick. Um, mm-hmm. what do you, th- okay. So I, I, I can reach, I can reach you there. We, we'll put sloppy Joe's above the Bosco stick, but I don't, what do you think about moving like the two of those over leftovers and Lunchables? And lunchables. I, I, I think I'm okay with that. So it would go peanut butter and jelly pizza Grill, uh, chicken nuggets, grilled yep. cheese, and then it would go um, sloppy joe, mozzarella sticks, and then yep. I think it deserves a flip-flop then, leftovers and then Lunchables. Leftovers and then Lunchables? Yeah, I've, I've rethought that. I think you've convinced me that I need to stand up and be proud of Yeah, and I think the variety of leftovers, um, you know... Because Lunchables has very little variety. Like, it peaks at the it's a pizza, and then there's not much else there. <clears throat> I mean, the novelty of having a Lunchable is pretty amazing, but um, just the overarching umbrella that leftovers encompasses, I think, probably puts it above them. Yeah. All right. So, so right now, as it stands, if you were to make no further alterations, we got peanut butter and jelly, pizza, chicken nuggets, grilled cheese, sloppy joe, mozzarella sticks leftovers lunchables chicken noodle soup and then breakfast for lunch any other alterations that you think need to be made i really like that list um i think the top three are ironclad i think we've got some i think our middle zone is really good lunch staples and like there's a lot of variety in there and i think nine and ten are exactly what they should be they're kind of novelties that you get every now and again and like the quality is not that great, but they're, they're still for me at least, I don't know. Chicken noodle. I think we might get flack on because I don't, like, I don't know how many people actually ate chicken noodle soup all that often for lunch at school. But I mean, I told you that story. Obviously it has a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Foolishness. If people were not taking advantage yeah. of that foolishness, because chicken noodle soup is secretly one of those foods that there's about a million varieties of it and they're all really good. No doubt. All right, Mike. I'm. I think I'm fairly comfortable in saying that this is our top ten for school lunches. Yeah, I think this is it. I All think right. it's in the game, bud. Alrighty, friends. That was our top ten for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top ten. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at top ten km. That's all spelled out. Top ten km. Our email top10km, spelled the same way, at gmail.com, or our site, top10km.podbean.com. All forms of communication accepted, except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Erin Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.